All right, this is Jack Donovan, author of The Way of Men, and you are listening to Start the World. My guest today is Richard Grannon from SpartanLifeCoach.com. Uh, he's a master NLP practitioner, and uh, I think we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about narcissism today. But first, uh, uh, you know, which uh, I think he gives he gives people tools to deal with people who have narcissistic disorders. So uh, I'm thinking about linking uh, to his website on my Tinder profile. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, Richard, uh, thanks for coming on the show. And why, why don't you uh, tell the audience a little bit about uh, what you do, what your background is, and wh what you're about? Okay, cool. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for having me on here, uh, Jack. It's a, it's a real, real honor. Um, I, my background is uh, I'm actually, I, I got a degree in psychology, and um, I worked briefly in the probation service in the UK, and I didn't like it. I didn't like working in offices. So I, uh, when I uh, was very into martial arts, so I went out and I became a nightclub security, um, a bouncer, what you call in America, a bouncer for about 10 years. And eventually as is inevitable, um, I was working five or six nights a week. I picked up some, some nasty habits and eventually got into a bit of trouble. And I was like, okay, I, I really should start using this degree. So I started teaching martial arts, but I was teaching from like a psychological uh, point of view and it, it, it took off. Um, so I was trying to prep um, people for uh, real world violence, emotionally and psychologically. The, the, I was teaching some hand-to-hand -hand techniques, uh, that type of thing, but it was predominantly uh, the psychological side of it. Took off really well, eventually got took up by uh, the air marshals. So I was, I was chatting to the, uh, the air marshals instructor over in Las Vegas, this is back in 2008. On like a weekly basis, we were developing courses online together. And um, I did that for a while. And what I was finding with consistency is a lot of the men that I was in contact with, high-level martial arts guys, soldiers, even special forces guys, bodyguards, police, and they all had real issues with self-assertiveness. They all had real issues with uh, not being able to say no, lots of problems in their relationships, lots of problems with their kids, uh, some of them with uh, addictions. And so I was like, oh, I'll set up a branch of my website, which was called streetfightsecrets.com. I'll set it up and it will be the life coaching branch to teach men how to take care of themselves. And it, I'm going to call it spartanlifecoach.com. Very quickly that escalated into, uh, through YouTube, people asking me a lot about narcissistic personality disorder. Uh, that was back in 2012. And the first few videos I did that went viral were all about uh, emotionally abusive relationships and narcissistic personality disorder. So that's, Fast forward to today, that's how I ended up kind of, I didn't, I got pushed into becoming a, a voice in the narcissistic personality disorder survival community. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I, we talked about this a little bit before the show. Uh, I, I don't even actually know what narcissistic personality disorder is. And so can you explain a little bit what that means? Well, as you said before the show, you only know it from the mythological point of view, but that's, that's the correct point of view. Um, Freud and Jung uh, both spoke in terms of Greek mythology, and, and Narcissus was a, uh, a chap who fell in love with his own reflection in a pond and eventually got stuck there and um, just staring at his own reflection for all eternity. Freud uh, pointed out that all children, all toddlers go through a phase that he... he he didn't use the term healthy narcissism, but Freudians used the term afterwards, after he died, of healthy narcissism. So there was a stage where they would realize that they were separate from mommy, separate from daddy, and they could say no 
and they could say, this is mine, and they could fight against the environment and they could demand things. What's supposed to happen then is you're supposed to individuate, you become a person, you realize other people also have needs and desires and things. Um, for people with narcissistic personality disorder, they're so traumatized by their childhood environment that they end up stuck in that toddler phase of saying no and of trying to manipulate to get their own way and of everything being all about themselves. For it to be a personality disorder, this uh, pattern of behavior needs to be malignant. It needs to be destructive to them and to other people, though there is some argument about that in the, in the literature. Um, and it needs to be consistent across multiple contexts for it to be a full-blown narcissistic personality disorder. So it's basically the culture that we live in today, everything that it breeds, the self-indulgence, the lack of resilience, the uh, self-obsession, the obsession with image, it's for breeding narcissistic personality disorder. Right, right, right. And, uh, and actually, I also mentioned I, I have a friend who actually was following your work totally separate from, from mine. And, he, and one of the questions he had asked is that, uh, do you think that social media is amplifying uh, it, making people have this kind of disorder? He, he said uh, cluster B traits. I don't even know what that yeah. is, but. Cluster B refers to um, the, the main manual that I use to describe uh, the stuff. And this is not, as I say, it's not really something that I wanted to do. It's kind of something I got railroaded into. I decided to stick with the American Psychiatric Association definitions. So all my definitions are American. Um, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual that they uh, publish every, I think it's every four or five years, they have cluster A, cluster B, and cluster C uh, personality disorders. Everybody who's in the cluster B is a dick. They're dickheads. <laughs> They're just not nice people to be around at all. They, the psychiatric language is like, oh, this is the dramatic cluster. These people are asocial, reaction-seeking, uh, sorry, antisocial, reaction-seeking, provokers. These are manipulative, provocative, bullies, um, and yeah, just assholes. People who are consistently assholes all the time, they vector in for these cluster B traits, which Machiavellianism, it's exploitativeness, it's arrogance, it's rudeness, all of that kind of thing. Okay, and so how do you think uh, social media plays into that? Well, I think um, at the end of the day, you know, so it's social media is not a charity. Social media, these are corporations and they're playing the capitalism game and they have to keep their um, shareholders happy. And the bottom line is, is what speaks. Now, if they want their cyber real estate to have maximum value, they need the most number of human eyes on their pages for the longest period of time possible. So they have to exploit frailties in human psychology the same way the designers of porn sites do or the designers of gambling sites do. And exploiting narcissism is an extremely good and effective way of keeping human beings uh, flipping this thing open and scrolling through, you know, uh, nervously dabbing uh, through um, Instagram, through Facebook, through whatever it is. So it's deliberate. They, they, the people who design these sites know perfectly well what they're doing. Um, one of the main executives of, of um, Facebook openly said, you know, I'm here, I'm a, I'm a hacker of human minds and I exploit human frailty to harvest human beings' time and attention. So there is this, this harvesting of, of time and attention that's going on at the moment. So yes, narcissism is the end result, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm, how do you... How would you say that you would avoid 
uh, having that amplified in yourself. Say, so, you know, I mean, that's if you, because, okay, if, if it's amplifying this, this problem, um, that, that, that suggests that you're not, you're not a full blown dick until, and then this is amplifying that making it worse. So how, how would you uh, manage that and, and, you know, make yourself more, I guess, anti-fragile to, to, to that kind of thing. Anti-fragile. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, well, the first thing to say is there is a world of difference between NPD, a full-blown narcissistic personality disorder is extremely traumatized in childhood and they have a shell around them. So it makes it very hard, if not impossible to treat. They never go for treatment usually. And if they do, they're completely resistant to it. Narcissism is something we all have, you know, um, like the little bits of vanity, little bits of pride and there is such thing as healthy narcissism. There is, you should be self-interested. You should want what's best for yourself. If you're not doing that, but we have other terms for that, like fawning, codependent, people pleaser. Somebody just gives the best of themselves away. That's not a healthy state to be in either. So it's narcissism that's being provoked. It can lead to full-blown NPD, in my humble opinion, when children are exposed to social media. It can't really induce NPD in people our age, I don't think. But it can make people ruder, it can make people more aggressive, more hostile, definitely more irritable. I think people are more irritable with their social media usage and people's boundaries are weaker. Um, politeness, I think is, I sound like an old git now, I know I do. Like people aren't polite anymore, they're not respectful anymore, but there is, there is a diminishing effect because social media is boundary erasing. You know, right now I could, tune in and I, I could know what the president of the United States is tweeting about. I could know what, I don't know, name a celebrity is, is tweeting about. So there's this sort of feeling of entitlement of access to everybody anytime, all the time, regardless of any sort of boundaries whatsoever. So it's a very boundary dissolving uh, piece of equipment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I find that that creates kind of a, you know, a certain hysteria. Yeah. Uh, just because you're in touch with all these people and they're, they're part of your lives and they're taking up a part of your mental space, you know, yeah. uh, we definitely, we started to rule out at my uh, land when I have people out uh, to the land uh, that they're not allowed to talk about politicians who don't return your phone calls. Right. And, uh, and, and that's because it, it becomes this constant a situation where people are constantly talking about what's on CNN or what's in the news and what's, you know, the president's tweeting or what, you know, celebrities are tweeting. These people are in their lives, you know, but it's one-sided exchange to a certain so extent. From, so from the, you know, your discipline and your background, uh, we, we ended up discussing magic and I was like, Oh, I believe in magic. And you're like, Oh, what do you, what rituals do you do? And I'm like, Oh, I get people to write stuff down on a piece of paper. And you're like, yeah, we kill goats. I was like, Whoa, okay. I have the middle-class bourgeoisie version of what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I do believe like the, the ritual, the focusing of intent, um, the being aware and conscious of what your consciousness is focusing on definitely will have magical results. It was spelled with a K. It will have magical results. Your intent will align. And I agree with you that this kind of thing really from the psychologist's point of view, and my tradition that I know more about is, is the Eastern tradition is Zen. This is insanity because you're holding in your conscious space Stuff that has nothing to do with your here and now reality. Nothing at all. 
And the hysteria you're talking about is this greater and greater investment. Like if I have, you know, so many hours in the day to be conscious and awake and aware, and 99% of it is filled up with stuff that doesn't fucking involve me, really. And you could be like, no, 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 as a voter, you need, no, as a human being, you do you. Get back in your box because that's not going to help you. You're pouring emotional energy, physical energy, adrenaline, cortisol into this situation and here we are out in the mountains, out in the woods, out in the, like, look around, breathe the fucking air. So I, I, I think it's a great idea to say, if they're not calling you back, uh, then they're really not in your life. They're kind of phantasms on a screen, on a box that flickers in the corner of your room. And don't invest too much of your emotional energy in that. It's not healthy. So yeah, the hysteria, I think, is, is uh, one of the most dangerous byproducts of all this. Yeah, yeah. Just in... It makes people upset uh, a lot of uh, very upset all the time for th- again for things that don't don't involve them you know they're just angry and and uh, you know I think that uh, like Facebook has destroyed more friendships than it's created, which is kind of funny because it seems to be designed to make friends, but it's actually destroyed so many normal relationships that people would have because someone gets bored and they see that Betty down the street said something uh, you know, that they didn't like about politics or whatever. And so then they hammer down on Betty and then, then they can't talk anymore. You know, they can't at the supermarket. They're now not friends. I don't speak to Betty because she's said something about so-and-so and you think, Jesus, no, I've, and it's, it's gotten older. The generations who are sucked into that are older and older. Facebook announced five years ago, openly that they were going to target the boomers. They already got us. They already got uh, the Gen Z. They, they, uh, sorry, what are we? What are we? Gen X, Gen X. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so they already got, they, they got the kids first and then the kids left because Facebook wasn't cool anymore. And then it was the 20s, then it was the 30s and then into the 40s. And then they went, right, we want the 50s and 60s and 70 year olds. And I remember reading that going, good fucking luck with that. You know how they did it? They baited them with politics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how Facebook has slid more and more into politics. As I was like, these people are retired. They're sat around at home all day. My mom, perfect example. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just arguing with people online through Facebook and getting upset about it. Yeah. And I'm like, you're getting played. You're working for Facebook for free right now. Don't do that. I, don't give your emotion to this shit. You're not being paid for it. Let them pay you if they want you to work like this. So there is... um. There's a deliberate baiting of confrontation that's been done on Facebook because the people behind it realized you're going to sit on a page and read it for longer. If you're in the comments, somebody says something shitty to you, so you say something shitty back. And these, it's, it, the people are battling over nothing now. It actually addicts them. It gets them into a cycle of addiction to the adrenaline and the cortisol of confrontation. And Facebook seems to be about little more now than, than conflict. It seems to be a conflict-provoking machine. Yeah, that that and like selling things uh, to your your you know like uh, yard sale kind of stuff, you know? right? <laughs> Which is actually the only thing it's really useful for. Like, right. like I don't have any friends on Facebook now. Just it's only people like who live near me and, yeah. and so forth, or, or just people I can't contact any other way. And my mom and stuff like that. You know, you just and then you know if I need to buy a goat, uh, <laughs> I'll do it on Facebook. These poor fucking goats. You're like, yay, home for me. Oh, only for a week or two, my friend. Yeah, well, you, you know, uh, actually the last one I bought one from, uh, it, it, the last lady I bought one from is just a farm nearby. And uh, she told me some horror stories about like, you know, because 
people want to have them for barbecues and stuff and they don't know how to do it. And it's just, it, 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 they tried to do it like in her driveway a couple of times, like bad scenes. So actually I'm probably giving that goat the best, the best way and out, yeah. the best way out that it's going to ever have. Cause she said, she told me about like, yeah, they just, you know, cause people think that if, I mean, this is totally random topic, but they think that if you like slice across the, the, the windpipe, like in the movies, like that, that's what kills something. Right. And no, that just makes it horrible, horrible. And they run down the road, you know, like all kinds of things. That's not how it's done. There's and, uh, but she, she said that, you know, she's had that happen or heard horror stories about that happening to her, her goats. And I'm like, uh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. amazing how much film trains people to think about violence in such a strange way. And it's this idea. Yeah. I just draw a line across the throat and their eyes close and they die. I'm like, do you know how the mammalian body works? Do you know how fucking <laughs> resistant it is to trauma? <laughs> yeah. Soaring through that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, there's definitely a technique that you need to learn if you're going to do things like that, you know? So you I do think, it humanely, but yeah, go ahead. I, I, think, I think like the Facebook was what Instagram is now. Facebook used to run on envy. It was about 20-somethings and 30-somethings trying to make each other jealous over their lifestyle. That's now shifted over to Instagram. Facebook predominantly seems to be about people arguing pointlessly over politics. Well, and I say the word arguing, and that's a discredit to the fine art of arguing and discussing and debating. Right. Nobody fucking knows how to do it. I've seen some of the comments on your Instagram, and I'm just sat there going, what the fuck? <laughs> this is not how you present a position. <laughs> Well, they, they, you know, they learned it from Twitter. I, I, yeah. I, I love demonizing Twitter because it's, it's like half a thought, you know, right. here's, here's half a thought and I'll tag you, you know, yeah. uh, but uh, I mean, I don't even use that, but uh, it, it, yeah, pe people just don't know how to argue and, and they don't, uh, they, they, they're just so used to this thing. Like I read a headline and then I'm, therefore I'm mad about the headline. Right. And they don't care about information. And I, I learned that actually uh, years ago. It's like if I would be mentioned in an article that was pretty mainstream and, uh, you know, in a bad way or, or whatever, mm -hmm. I, I'd be uh, mentioned in an article and I wouldn't get a bounce from it. You know, it'd be like New York Magazine or something. And I wouldn't get a bounce from it on my website because right. no one follows the links. Yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. actually follow the links or do any research or just like, like whatever that person wrote, the, I'll read half of it. And then here's my whole opinion about this. And then the reporters just copy each other's work too, which That's is disgusting, the, isn't it? Yeah. Journalism yeah. nowadays is such trash. I don't even know That's what to call trash. it. I don't even know. I think it discredits whatever journalism might've been. I mean, I guess, <laughs> you know, like I, at a certain point I'm like, you know, as I get older, I'm like, was everything always this way? <laughs> you know, like, do we really know that it was better before? <laughs> you know, like, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe, you know, like, it, it was just different people pulling the strings, but, you know, they, maybe they weren't any more, uh, you know, honest or had any more integrity, you know, 30 years ago, but, or 50 years ago or whatever. But uh, I, do, I, do, I do think um, there's, a, there's a case to be made that one of the things that we've lost in the last 20 years is, is uh, gatekeepers as far as quality control goes. We've definitely lost the gatekeepers for quality control because our focus has drifted away from quality and making quality art and making quality productions to equality. So we got more invested in equality and 
when you're focused on quality, it generates inequality because you're fucking good at it and I suck. And somebody who isn't me and isn't you is sort of in between us going, Richard, I'm afraid your work sucks. Nowadays, you'd be like, you can't say that. It's art. It's subjective. Da, da, da. Whereas before, people just go, no, that's a shitty piece of work, mate. And we're not publishing it. Right, right. And it, there's, there's two sides of that. It does come out in the wash in some mm-hmm. way, I, mm-hmm. I think. Actually, the tricky thing is that the old gatekeepers still have some kind of credibility, but they don't use it. Right. You know, I mean, like the New York Times, I wouldn't really give, make that any more credible at this point than anything else. But it has this name as if it's a gatekeeper and as if they do work, you know, as if they do fact checking and all that kind of stuff. They do do a little bit of it. I've gotten some calls from some of the bigger places where they'll, they'll actually, did you actually say this? Did you actually mean it? You know, <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, most in most cases, they're just writing yellow journalism and doing scandal like tabloid stuff that's going to get clicks just like everyone else. And, but they have the air of being gatekeepers. And I think that that's the only thing that I'm looking forward to that going away. Cause if we're not going to have gatekeepers, let's just not have them at all. Yeah, sure. You, you know I mean? And then, and then you do have some kind of, you know, like the market does certain things to come out of the wash. Obviously you have then kind of trash culture and, you know, like all different kinds of pornography, whether it being political pornography or idea, you know, all kinds of different things, but you get all that. But, at the same time, like, okay, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be an author. I never would have made it through the gatekeeper at all. And, uh, but I've had like a hundred thousand guys change their lives in different ways because they've read my work, you know? And, and so nobody, nobody would have published you. No, I, I, no. no. Well, cause think of the political repercussions. I mean, uh, I mean, I was published by someone else first. Uh, right. and so I, I was actually in Barnes and Nobles and stuff, my first book, but, uh, uh, beyond that, I mean, there was no money in it. Uh, I make a lot more money just because I published myself. Sure. That's, and, I mean, uh, yeah. and also, but yeah, I mean, I, to imagine me sending manuscripts to New York city to have them decide with it, if what I was saying was okay, uh, that never would have happened. I mean, I, I don't think that that would have happened. It would have been some small press somewhere and it wouldn't have gotten out. And, mm. but, uh, and in Europe, I actually, I have a lot of their actual publishing companies that put out my work and they just translate it and, and do everything. So uh, there's a little bit of both. But I mean, I think a lot of what I've created has been because I can just say something that no one else is saying. Mm. And then it, 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 it goes through. And that's, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Nietzsche. And if you look through his work, uh, you know, I, I just work, working my way through a biography on him right now. And, uh, you know, once he started writing philosophy, all the philosophy people were like, you suck. <laughs> you know, you, you suck. We don't want to hear about you. Talk about philology. Don't talk about philosophy. You're not allowed to talk about that. You know, like, you're not qualified. You know, and so he couldn't get a job teaching it. You know, and so just ended up going, you know, away on his own and, and writing all this cool stuff that we refer to now. You know, and... Uh, I- I I am um, I I wonder what would have happened if we if we if we wound the clock back to uh, I don't know say ninety five. The thing is, um, I I uh, I'm very very snobby about writing, and mm-hmm. I have very little tolerance for poor writing. And I actually think you're a very good writer. I see there would be a problem. Uh, it probably would be a long takeoff period. Like you'd probably have to wait seven or eight years for it to to happen and yeah. it might be some niche European publishing house. So somebody would have, I think I would love, I'd like to think somebody would have taken you, but you're right. 
having the gatekeepers not there means there's an immediacy to the loop. I mean, Joe Rogan said it best. The thing, the great thing with social media is you can have access to people you otherwise wouldn't have had access to. The awful thing with social media is you have total access to people you otherwise wouldn't have access to. There's, there's, there's pros and cons with it for sure. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, so let's get back a little bit to um, uh, some of the stuff that you do. Uh, it was interesting to me at the beginning that you said you were dealing with a lot of uh, martial artists and so forth. Mm-hmm. And they had a problem being assertive, which just sounds like it shouldn't make any sense at all. Um, it, it's, how it's did so that happen? Common. It's so common, mate. It's so common that it's actually like I. it's got to the point now where I expect it. So if somebody's like a high ranking martial arts instructor or, you know, there's lads I know around here in Liverpool who've who served in Bosnia, Iraq, Afghanistan, there's almost a correlation between a lack of assertiveness and these kinds of uh, accomplishments. I have different hypotheses for why that happens, but it's, it's super common. There'll be guys following you who are ex-military. Um, I'm very confident who'll be saying, yep, that's me. That's all martial arts guys, BJJ guys, MMA fighters who should be very, very capable. These, these men who we think of as capable men, alpha males. But um, when it comes to interpersonal boundaries, their intimate relationships, a lot of their ideas around how they should treat women, um, they are worse than useless because if they, they're self-destructive, they're one step beyond useless. They actually hurt themselves. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm interested in this. And, and like you said, I think it, uh, that is a lot of my audience. Uh, mm. a lot, and I don't, I haven't noticed that, but uh, I mean, what are the, some, some of the problems that they run into? Uh, you know, what are the, some of the behaviors that you see? What are the, some of the problems that you run into with those guys? Cause that's, I mean, I think that, yeah, it might be a lot interested, of interest to a lot of them. Yeah, well, and, you know, full, full disclosure for, for people who've, who've run into this video, we actually met at a Red Pill seminar. Um, so we're moving into Red Pill sort of territory here. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, and I'm, I'm new to it. I'm still completely new to that, to that whole scene. And I... It's funny, it never crossed my desk back in those days. Nobody ever brought it up with me. MGTOW was brought up with me a couple of times, but nothing else. Um, the problems that were coming up very, very frequently, quite frankly, um, a primary issue and one of the things that, that, that drew me to the Red Pill because it, it resonated with, with what I was experiencing is an inability to say no. Um, perhaps we could say guys are into martial arts and they're in the military. They've got the good soldier mindset. You know, the word samurai, it literally means to serve. A good soldier is a servant. Um, they've got the archetype running of a dutiful man, an honorable man, obeys orders, um, you know, protect, protects hearth and home, and doesn't, the conflict is outside the house, not inside the house. So with, the, with his wife, with his girlfriend, with his kids, he doesn't have any software running uh, to deal with that. Um, I think that's very, very common. Very, very common and very, very dangerous. And I think one of the things that you're doing that I really like is um, you're offering men a philosophical grounding to actually develop the boundaries inside themselves and outside themselves. And I really think the only solution is in philosophy. It's not in psychology. You can't really talk your way out of this. You have to actually absorb a whole ethic. So that's why I like... You're, uh, I, don't, do you could, I suppose your writing is considered philosophical to a degree, right? 
I, I've decided that I, yeah, I call myself a philosopher now. That's that's right. where I'm going. That's what I'm going with. That's my career choice. That's um, how I read. That's how I read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, I think because you, yeah, you have to construct a whole identity. And I'm kind of writing a new book uh, in this realm right now, uh, in the sense that your myth and all these things were telling a story about reality. Yes. And so you're telling a story about reality, and and you that's what we latch on to, whether it's a religion or an ideology or whatever, we're telling the story about reality. And that, and by hearing that, that story over and over again, and, and, and uh, it gives us a way to relate to the rest of the world. Yes. Like this is the story of reality. And therefore, it, and, and, and that sets up whether it's, you know, a system of, of morals and ethics and, and all that. And I think a lot of guys, uh, like that and they because they're not philosophers i mean that's that's what, what i do is i want to think about all these things but a lot yeah. of guys they they want they want some kind of template yeah you know and and that's that's good enough because they're doing other stuff you know they, they're doing they don't they don't want to f- sit down and figure out all this stuff Let, let's rewrite the you know the thou shouts you know <laughs> let's, let's rewrite that from the beginning yeah. uh you know they they want a system and you know obviously i have a lot of people who are interested in uh you know Germanic antagonism and, and so forth that, that follow me. And uh, I think what they're looking for is they, they, they look at these stories about, you know, Odin or Thor or whatever. And they're like, that's, I like what that's saying about life. And that's, I'm going to organize my consciousness around that. And, and that's going to inspire me. And, you know, when I need, when I go to the gym or when I want to try to make myself better, that's what I'm going to think about. And that's that's the way I'm going to motivate myself and and organize my conscience. And so when they when they uh, one thing I've learned is that what what they're seeking in ritual sometimes is to hear that story in a in a in a powerful way because that's their identity. Yeah, and they want to have a, a, another a more powerful interaction with that story and that idea because then they can take that back into their own lives and use it. You know, to, when when they run into trouble. Yes. Yeah, you know, they run into when they run into trouble. Like you know, I mean, it, it, the way Christians would say, like, what would Jesus do? Or what, you know, they they're like, well, how do I use this story to solve a problem? Yes, yeah, and the the, the this is, um, I think, a lot of psychology is going back to its roots, especially in the area of like trauma and PTSD, because. Mm-hmm. Psychology is just a branch of philosophy historically. It has the fantasy of being a science and it needs to let that shit go because right. we're not scientists. We can't. Yeah. It's just you can't you can't have human consciousness look at human consciousness like how the fuck is that? That's regress. It it, it just you can't do that. I mean, we should try and be scientific, rational, but let's make it a philosophy again, is what is what I think. What you've just described there um is so key for people to move forward in their lives when they have any kind of mental health issue or trauma, because I don't think we, we as humans ever get to live outside of story. We never get to, so we, we only get better and better stories. So when life is good and you're feeling cheerful and optimistic and like you can breathe and you have a bit of freedom, you're living a better story than you were living six months ago. That's, that's all you can do. So the, the, um, and, and these are the things that stick. This actually sticks because it appeals to the unconscious. That's what I love about the magical systems. It's all an appeal to the unconscious. It's all an appeal to the parts of you 
that are pre-civilization, that are primal. Because therapy takes place between two civilized masks. I know you were reading Jung recently. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you, you, were, you were disappointed. And I, I was really happy that you were disappointed. <laughs> it was so, I was Good. delighted because Good. I could see that you went in with an open mind and you, and, and you wanted it. But ultimately, it's, you kind of get there and you go, why is everybody making a fuss over this stuff? Right, right. And there is, there is a kind of a, a surface level ego masturbational quality at, with uh, Freud and Jung's work where it's, we're in this realm of consent and it's basically therapy is just a consensual conversation between two peers. And to that point, it's, it's very anemic. It's very uh, lightweight. You need a lot of will to get that to work with what you're doing. Um, you're actually hijacking the, not hijacking, you're, you're accessing the unconscious directly in a way that will allow deep shifts. And then all, if, the, if we shift properly here, if we go from fawning codependence, all I want to do is please my wife to uh, an unconscious level to, I want to express who I am to the fullest as a human being. I'm a red-blooded individual. I'm here. I'm alive. I want to live my life, please. Can I have that? All the behaviors that go above that, they'll all shift. For me to try and do that as a psychologist, I have to pluck out this behavior and slowly try and move it. And this behavior, and so, and most of the time it pings back because the unconscious hasn't shifted. So um, what you're doing there at the philosophical level and with the use of magic and ritual, I think is very, very powerful. I find it very interesting. Uh, observing um, your posts on Instagram and that, because I think this is really the way uh, ultimately people are going to have to go is this will be the solution, I think. Yeah, well, there's a, it, it's, there, there's, we're at a weird point in history, and this is what I was writing yesterday, so maybe it's just in my head, but uh, uh, we're at a weird point in history where we can see all the mythologies of all time, which has never happened. Really, yeah. you know, like we can see, we can trace how this God changed into that God and, and, and all these things that really are, you know, ancestors didn't have that. They were existing in their own time. You know, it's a time, you know, a world is actually an age of man and they're existing in their own age of man and they, they don't see really outside of that. And, but we can see all things. And so it becomes very confusing. And so it becomes, I think, difficult to become rooted in one particular set of ideas. You know, because there's so, so much flux, and and you know, but I think that, you know, you know, with psychology and with philosophy and and so forth, we can look at what the common threads are between all these things, and maybe, you know, find a new common thread or a new story. You know, like you know, pick a story that that makes sense and has always made sense. Yes. You know, but uh, you know, I think when it comes to masculinity, uh, and. Uh, and men and some of the problems that they're dealing with, it's almost like uh, masculinity is going to become a religion of itself uh, in, in its own weird way. Because uh, the idea is if men want to be the best version of themselves, they have to embrace these kind of higher ideals of what a man is. And uh, and those all come from history. And it's there's this rich, rich history of that. But all of that is so demonized yeah. uh, and now. And, and so like uh, it's almost... Be, like masculinity is almost underground. Well, it is underground. It is underground now. And I think it's such a poisonous shitstorm that men, not men, well, men, but masculinity. I think it's right to say it's masculinity that, uh, that faces the shitstorm. And I see two responses generally. The yin response, 
which is either MGTOW um, or just fawn, just do what you're told and be the, what did they say, as they say, the beta male. And that's the yin response, which is to literally hide in the ground. Because if there's a storm, a seed can go in the ground and it can outlast the winter and eventually it will thaw because this will pass. Eventually it's going to pass. And then you see the yang response, which is there's a shit storm. And then there's, guy out there, there's guys out there going, ah, come on, let's fucking go, let's fight. And they're the minority. And it's a much riskier tactic. But the, if you choose to go underground and you choose the yin response, which is, okay, I don't want to fight. I don't want to be exposed. The, in order for the, the, the metaphor to continue, um, I don't want to stretch it past breaking point. That seed, when it comes out from the ground, that might not be you. That might not be the guys who are listening. So the guys who are listening who've chosen, no, I want the underground easier way. Your life may be fucked. It may be your kids or your grandsons who eventually get to be masculine again. So you're really, though it seems like the safer option, it's actually for your own life, it's, it's, it's the more dangerous option. But uh, the reason I think that it needs to become kind of a religion, like in the way that you're suggesting, is because it is under such attack ideologically, we have to have some sort of ideological counterbalance and... What else can you do but have a sort of a philosophical, spiritual, religious stance on it? Otherwise, how the hell is it going to survive? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, because, and that's why I think there's a third way in the center. It, because, uh, you know, I don't know that there's a, let's take this all the way to the Capitol building. We're going to fight for it and change it. I don't think that that's, that's a viable thing because it, it, the world is run by money as we were talking about with Facebook and everything earlier, uh, the good money is not there. Mm -hmm. You know, the good, the good money is in flattering, flattering yeah. women's e egos because they buy most of the things. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and it, you just tell them what they want to hear and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, respond in that. And also, you know, like our, our leaders, well, their leaders, I don't like to say our, like I'm a part of them. Uh, mm -hmm. but, uh, the leaders of uh, of the nations, <laughs> um, they are they're a, a problem with democracy is is that that uh, everything's short term. Yeah, you know, it's like when you had kings, it's like, well, I have my reign, which might be thirty or forty or fifty years, and you, what is my legacy going to be for this reign? But you, when you have uh, democracy, you have uh, people who are in for four years or, or two years or eight years or whatever. And uh, they're responding to polls. Yeah. And so how they're making decisions in the same way that corporations make decisions, which is like quarterly, you know, like on the, uh, you know, like what, what kind of return are we getting on this idea right now? And, and rather than doing a long-term planning thing with like, you know, what is America going to be in 10 years? They're yeah. like, how am I going to get elected in 2000, in 2020? You know, like how, what, what do I need to do? What do I need to say? What do I need to make happen so that we can get from A to B? Uh, that's why they're all so fucking spineless now. All of them, Europe, America, Canada, it's spinelessness because the system entrains spinelessness and it entrains a fawning response. You know, where's the person saying, I don't really care what the public thinks about this. What the fuck does the public know? The public generally, like the, you speak to somebody with an average IQ, you're speaking to somebody who's not that fucking bright. But who cares what the fucking public... Get it done. If you think that's going to work, do it. But this, it makes like um, an anxious, reactive 
what, what have they said? What, how are we doing in the polls? What do they think about that? Oh, they don't like it. Oh, oh okay, we won't do it then. Like, well, that's shit. That's not a way to run anything. It's not a way to run a business. It's not a way to run a fucking cafeteria. You can't run anything like that. No wonder it's in such a mess. Yeah, yeah. And, and unfortunately, like, I don't see that changing for a long time. That's why I think the, you know, the masculinity to a certain extent is going to, is going to be underground, but not, you know, in that MGTOW way, which, you know, if those guys want to do that, that's fine. It doesn't really, uh, I, I don't need to talk shit about them. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the guys who want to make their own lives better, mm. I think is going to be the middle path uh, because, you know, okay, well, you're not maybe going to change the world. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, how can you create that space in your own world? in your in your own life and your own existence and fight for that and and make actually do a lot of what you're saying which is you know say no and create boundaries like this is what i will not tolerate yeah this is what what kind of relationship i'm not going to have in my life these are kind of these are the kind of friends that i want these are the kind of friends i don't want yes. uh you know like who do i want in my life who do I, you know, who's going to influence me and controlling that and uh, you know making all those decisions and you know i, I keep going back to this uh, this solar ideal and you know this kind of uh, idea of a father and you know like uh, being a father is very different from being a mother in the sense of like it's it's all about creating structure yes it's about creating order and creating structure in your life and uh that's what all these guys need to be doing in their own personal lives as you said rather than they know how to create structure in everything yeah. else yes oh god but, yeah uh, but they need to, to be yeah yeah go ahead I was just going to say, it seems to have become a, a, a social taboo. We tend to think about this as being a modern thing, but I, I, don't think, I don't think it's that. I think it's been around for a while. The idea that you're not... We live in anti-structural times. We live in a time where any kind of structure is like, oh, well, you shouldn't... And it's like, that's why I dance. I still... Um, I'm, I'm dancing. I do a, a Latin style of dance called bachata. And it was like this last bastion where you have a leader, a follower, and boundaries and rules. And even that now, even that now is changing. You have women who want to lead men. And, and, and I'm just like, uh, would you stop? Would you just stop? It sucks. You suck. I had a woman, uh, I saw a leading men the other night in a club. I said, oh, you, you want to be a lead, do you? She said, yes, I've trained myself to lead. I said, lead, lead me, go, go ahead and lead me. And I wasn't being a dick. I just let her do it. And I was like, objectively, you stink. This, this totally sucks. It's an anti, we live in anti-structural time. So I think like the, the fight to maintain masculinity is a, also a fight for women who also believe in boundaries and structure and politeness and form. We can't live in a formless fucking world. That's soup. Yeah, it's, it's all... It's all chaos, chaos versus cosmos. Right. It is the whole thing. It's everything. I don't, I, I almost think that everything is a battle between chaos and cosmos and yeah. cosmos is kind of losing right now. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, we're on the ropes. We're definitely on the ropes. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely on the ropes. And, and that is, and I think it yeah, has a, a lot to do with, uh, you know, just the changes in society and, and so forth and who's, who's, uh, influencing things and, and so forth. And, uh, it, we really want to, I think men want that structure and want that order. Um, and, and really women want it too. I mean, you know, they, a lot of women would prefer to be led, 
but if no one's going to lead, they're going to lead themselves. Yeah, the, well, that, there is that problem as well. There is that problem as well. So there's two things I was going to say. One is I've got female friends who tell me guiltily that they want uh, that structure, but they feel like they're not allowed to say because they'll be attacked by men and by women. And the second thing is um, if men uh, are derelict in their duty and we withdraw the yang energy, we're inviting women to take the space that where we used to be. Of course, they're going to do that because that's an unconscious instinct. That's a drive for safety. It's like, wow, there's no man here to offer me protection. Well, I guess I'll pick up the spear and shield myself then. And then you have a bunch of uh, women who are completely animus possessed, rude, hostile, aggressive, obnoxious, no manners, no boundaries, totally overconfident, incapable of doing the things they think that they can do in an environment where nobody dares to say to them, excuse me, uh, you're, you're not very good at that. Could you please stop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, but they've, they've been fed that yeah. for so many years. Uh, I mean, uh, that's, like I said, that's where the money is in, in Hollywood. I mean, you look at all these movies that are coming out constantly and it's like the amazing, super powerful women who don't do, you know, like can, you know, beat up 20 men at a time and 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 all this stuff and, and uh you see that constantly, like the you know, this idea that this there's always going to be this woman that's more competent than everyone else. Yeah, and she's the one who really runs things, whether it's as the mom or you know on some like NCIS kind of program. And she, you know, yeah. the 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 female cop is the one that is really committed, and these other guys they're just kind of fooling around. They're just the the thug muscle, yeah. you know. But she's she's the one that really knows. Yeah. And really, the world has not run like that for most of history. And it, and it isn't running like that right now. It I doesn't mean, run like that now. I mean, yeah. even, even things have changed a lot. Um, but the arrogance of, of that, I'm not saying the arrogance of women, I'm saying the arrogance of that ideological stance is fucking mind-numbing. It's oh, mind-numbing. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. It's, you know, where you, you just have to say, well, who, who, this is one of the things that, that I saw you writing about. Who do you think is guarding the walls that allow you to even have this fucking conversation right now. The indulgence, this ego wank that you're engaging in right now quietly over your iPhone in your living room in the cool and the dry. Who's guarding the walls, you privileged first world fucks? You know, you're complaining. Sorry, are you allowed to swear? You can swear on your podcast, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I I don't know how to not swear. Uh I could feel a rant building up there. I just need to do some psychology work on myself to calm down. <laughs> you need to NLP yourself there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I'm, I'm totally there with you, man. Um, there is just, you know, the, the joke of like, you know, the, 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 the girl who will write a check that her boyfriend has to cash yeah. kind of like, cause she, cause yeah. women are, are, are used to, and yeah, I have to preface all this because we're not talking about women as as like an evil thing. Because I always say, uh, you know, men who believe that women are angels and men who believe that women are devils are both wrong. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, it's basically the way that the modern society has influenced a large percentage of women. Yes, um, I think is what we're really talking about. And uh, you know, there's other women who are not like this at all. Yeah, and no, uh, but you know, there are women are just generally used to being able to say whatever they want without that kind of fear. And men are getting this way too, because there aren't consequences. I mean, you're not going to get punched in the face. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like 
you you have to do that primal math as a man i think a little bit more than than women ever have to oh god for god's sake i mean anywhere in the world i've i've traveled all over i've never been to a country where if a man raised a hand to a woman he wouldn't be dogpiled by everybody in the in the environment anywhere you go in 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 the world it's like that so yes there is a degree of entitlement that that breeds that just gets knocked out of men because we're like well I could end up in a fight where I get stamped on and then I die over a conflict over a cafe latte. So it does make you, yeah. What did you call it? Primal math. Yes. I think we do a lot more primal math. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We, <laughs> the primal math of violence. Yeah. Like we have to figure out, okay, well that guy is, that guy's 250 pounds and six, four. So I probably am not going to raise my voice to a certain level. Yeah, you know, I'm not going. I'm not going to actually act as it, send out all the signals as if I'm initiating a conflict because yeah. I might get one. Yeah, exactly. And and I and, and I'm not prepared to deal with that. And that's not that's not. I, I have to you know. Then I'm doing the math. What the arc of this conflict is going <laughs> to end up at, and and I realize that that would be a bad choice. Yeah. And whereas you know, women are so used to being able to just be like, well, fuck you, and da 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 to say to. Yeah. Anyone bigger, and it's it just because you know, they're just smaller generally, and that's the way they have to interact with the world. I mean, yeah. My my mom always said that my my sister one sister was fearless because she was so used to being around big, bigger men, and so she would just like be bossy and talk to them in a certain way. But yeah. Yeah. men can't talk to each other in the same way uh, yeah. without doing that math, you know, and, no, and thinking absolutely, about absolutely, absolutely not. This is this is the. The frustration that I have, that I'm sure all men have, when you get into a conversation about equality, and uh, I've I've always held the position that I don't think in an interaction with a woman I could get three steps in equality without her becoming furious. Because if I treat her the way I treat a guy who's equal to me, I'm screwing with the whole dynamic. I mean, you know, that's 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 how to stay single. You know, that's probably why I'm single because I demand quite a lot of equality from women and they right. can't handle it. They can't, they don't stick around for it. They're like, well, this isn't what I want. This isn't what I thought I would be given. And I'm like, well, you said equality and I'm philosophically, I agree with you. So let's try equality. Yeah, I stay, I stay single. <laughs> <laughs> equality made me single. That's yep. <laughs> yep. And yeah, and I, and and this is this is this is the thing that like when I'm talking to, I actually had a younger young man in, in today that I was talking to. Is you you've got to set your stall out when when I was doing nightclub security, uh, an older guy trained me early on, an Irish guy, and he said, "Look, at the beginning of the night, you set your stall. How do you want this stall to run? How do you want people to speak to you? Start as you mean to go on." This is your personal space. This is the level. This is who we want in the club. This is, and what do we have to sacrifice in order to maintain that standard? And I was just like, that's my boundary, man. I, I would rather be single than, than be playing the silly game of having to listen to somebody say to me, oh, we're, we're equal, aren't we? We do everything the same, don't we? And me sitting there going, yeah, if by equal you mean I pay for 80% of everything. Because I've been in those relationships and I hated them. I hated myself for letting that happen. I didn't hate paying. That wasn't my problem. I hated paying and then being told, this is what equal looks like, you idiot. And I was like, hmm, okay. 
Yeah, because it's not. And I, I think, yeah. again, they have a very, you know, a lot of people have a very skewed perspective of, of what it's, it's equality when I want it to be. And it's and not you know, really quality, like you said, is is all of it. It's all of it. I mean, yeah. you can't. And and equality is one of these things. I, I like I like getting into uh, conversations about equality because really, really, what we want is fairness. We want justice. You can't uh, equal is a concept from mathematics, right? And it applies to things that are completely identical. If it's not identical, it's not equal. So we're never really equal, but we no. no. strive towards fairness and justice. I, I personally am not interested in a relationship that's equal because it would be it would lack any kind of sexual polarity. There'd be no sexual tension. It would be boring. And I, I don't want that. But I do want one that is fair, that is just, where we're not fulfilling some weird ideology where we tell each other lies and I have to, in some 1984 George Orwell style, I'm forced to lie. There's um, a British psychiatrist, I'm afraid at the moment, I can't remember his name, but he was saying that the this culture that we have right now is, um, especially when it pertains to controlling people's words and political correctness, he called it communism writ small. And he said that the methodology is to force people to lie and say things that aren't true because it humiliates them. And if I'm humiliated, I won't fight for myself. I'll just give up. I'll just feel ashamed. And I was like, damn, that's smart. That does seem to be what's happening right now. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so many lies that people tell. And I've I've been able to shield myself from that, you know, because I work for myself and you do too. And so we're able to be outside of that. But uh, I think most people to get through, you know, the corporate afternoon, how many lies do you have to say? Like, I'm because you know that you can't say certain things. Right. I mean, and, and the rules keep changing mm-hmm. and they change really, really fast and, and, uh, no one can keep up with them. So they, they, they aren't saying anything. Yes. And, and the weird people, you know, the people who are making the rules are just bizarre yeah. because it's, again, it's, it's who screams the loudest on, on Twitter and, and who, who, you know, like who, who, who shouts and has the biggest tantrum. And yes. that's the most immature personality is in charge well you know, that's, that's not that's narcissism and the yeah. social justice warrior movement uh these people who are screaming on twitter and demanding to see the manager you're talking about people who are probably personality disordered because the way that they operate you look at the coordinates for these cluster b personality disorders you look at the coordinates that define the more awful characters in these communities. And you're like, damn, that's the same thing. This is, if I tell you that equality is me advantage and you disadvantage, that is absolute narcissism. That's, you know, that's, that's right there in the textbook. (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. It's, 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 it's really tricky. I think, you know, even, even me, like, I don't know, like what, what, what's going to be okay to say at this point. You know, and, 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 and so you have to be honest to a certain degree and just decide what hill you want to die on is what I always say. Like, I mean, it's like you can't fight the whole world and be, try to be right about everything and, yeah, and yeah. then, you know, piss everyone off because then tactically that's foolish. Yeah, <laughs> you're having a, you're having a, you're having a fight cool, with 20 people. Pretty cool, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great, but you're not going to last long. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's like, so you have to, you know, like my thing personally, I always say, you know, my, my hill to die on is like, I've said things about men and women being different that I, I, I'm not going to take back. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's, 
that's what I'm about. I've talked about masculinity. That's kind of my area, but I'm yes. not going to go into all these other areas, which are also important, but like, you know, I can't do all, I can do it all. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. You, you, it's, it, and that's a good, that's a, it's a good thing to do. It shows a good philosophical outlook and it shows humility. You go, okay, I know what I'm doing here. And people go, do you want to do that here? And you're like, I don't know what the fuck you can't, you, you know, 80%, whereas this thing, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. And you better, you better stick in with that. You're definitely better sticking with that because you, you can, you can be tempted to do things that you're not quite like you say, and you're not prepared to die on that hill. And if it would be shit to go out on something that you didn't even really care about properly in the first place. And that's what gets you deplatformed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't, yeah, I don't want to go over it. Like what talk, run in my mouth about some kind of uh, something that I barely even know about. No, yeah. no, thank you. Like you made me, me talking about like, you know, 20th century politics. I mean, that's just blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Who cares? You know? And there is, and there are, there's plenty of people talking about, about politics already. Right. I mean, it's, it's um, at, at this point, it probably is one of the more redundant activities that, that human beings in the Western world and probably in the whole world actually is the same in Asia. I mean, the, it's all one uh, culture now, um, but like arguing about politics, talking about politics. I mean, it's, there's so much talk and so little action. And, and the more we're talking and thinking and the further away we get from action, the further away we are from reality because reality is only ever action. There's no such thing as you can't talk reality or think reality. You have to do, you have to be there and do it. Otherwise, shut up. And I think in a, in a, to the compassionate side of this would be to say, I think the burden of knowledge now is greater than it's ever been in, in recorded human history. You said we know about all the myths of all the cultures. And I just think, God, yeah, what a weight. We know way too much. What a lovely situation to be in, to be ignorant and naive and to believe in like a cosmology of gods and everybody around you believes in the same thing. And that's it. That's the world. You just, ah, okay, this is how I'm going to live and this is how I'm going to die. We don't get that. We don't no. get that. Um, that's sort of the pleasure of that simple life. Our lives are very, very complicated, extremely stressful now in terms of information. Yeah. But I mean, that's, this is our, this is our fate, you know, Amor Fati, like, <laughs> this is, this is what we got. Uh, Cause I, I know there are a lot of people, I think, uh, especially in this kind of, you know, heathen space that I'm in, in, in some ways. Uh, and I, I've started to call them, you know, like Viking Amish. They really want to be like 12th century farmers is what they really want to be. And they think that if they're in some way, they can go back to this, this mental space where everything's simple. Yeah. Um, then everything's going to be okay. And right. so there, but it's, it's like kind of, it's very, that MGTOW kind of mentality in, in terms of, you know, like it's kind of putting your head in the sand and running away from the thing. Yes. Uh, you yeah. know, we, we live in a world where we do have all this information and do all these choices and all these things. And that is our time. Yes. And, and so that we have to inhabit that space and figure out how to make the best of it. It's pretty cool in many ways. It, it is. And that's, you know, you mentioned the ammo. Um, Nietzsche's position, you know, lo love your fate. And uh, there, there is a, a very strong argument to be made to say, okay, well, what's fucking cool about this? Our conversation right now, I mean, we wouldn't have met. And if we did meet, we wouldn't have been able to have this conversation so easily. That's really cool. So I can take information that you've got about archetypes and magic and ritual, and I can take that to a, I probably used elements 
it's there in the unconscious and I take it to this this client I've had here today. He walks away with it, the big smile on his face and his life is better. That otherwise would not have happened. So there is there is that that extremely positive side to it as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so many tools and so many things available. I mean, I've been playing with music. Like I made my uh, own uh, intro music for... Uh, I like that. It's yeah, cool. I, I'm into it. It's so fun. Uh, it's like I haven't done anything like that for like most of my adult life, right? And I'm just, <laughs> I, I spent months. It's amazing. It's like for, you know, a couple hundred bucks that you buy this program. It's like every sound that you could ever possibly imagine. You can just scroll through them for hours. And, and I have like hours yeah. and hours and hours because that's what you do. You like put something on a, you, you like make a little set, like a little series of notes. And then you sit and scroll through it and let it play in a loop and listen to the what's that like, which one do I like the best? Yes. And you do that forever and you have access to all of it. You That's know, like, cool. you know, in the simple world, yes, you just, you just have that drum. Yeah. <laughs> you just have that drum. I have all the drums. <laughs> so there is a, I, I like the Viking Amish idea. I was thinking if you set that up, as a thing where people could just withdraw from society, you would, you'd probably like hit the big time with that one. But, um, a lot of what, or not a lot, but some of the things I was hearing at the red pill convention, uh, that we met at, I was, my brain was going, hang on a second, guys, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. No, it's, it's, it's a romantic idea. It's, um, it's very appealing. It's seductive, but, I know, I, I don't know what happens in a group setting, but I know with individuals who try to move back in time, it fucks them up. It fucks them up. You can't, you can't do that. No, no, you can't live in another time. You, you, can't, you can't do that. And you, know, you, can, you can do what we're talking about, which is create your own boundaries and create your own space. And, and you can do that with a group of people. I, 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 I probably won't do that again with a big group of people in a, in a in that kind of way. And I don't want to run away from society. In fact, just living out in the country where I live right now, I've had enough and I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, where can we go? <laughs> like, I want to, I want to be where stuff's happening. You know, <laughs> I want to go where things are going on. I'm yeah. not ready to retire yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I want to, I want to live life here, but, uh, you know, you can see it happening with groups, but th there are a lot of guys who, uh, you know, inspired by my work, I'm inspired by the work of others and so forth, who have, who have created uh, kind of intentional groups of men and so forth, where, you know, they, they kind of accountability networks mm -hmm. um, and that are in person and so forth. It's just like, a, you know, if anything I do is going to be like on the radar and so it's going to have its own dynamic, which is maybe not the best for it. Right. You know, because it's public everything is public and then it becomes a, you know, that becomes a problem. But if you have a bunch of guys who just have, Hey, Hey, we're good friends and we have our families and da, 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 we should get together once a month and do a thing. That's, that's good. Okay. And there are a lot of guys who are actually doing that. And I hear about it, but obviously their groups are public. So nobody, nobody knows. So we're not going to see Jack Donovan's solar groups popping up all over America. Um, no, I think, I think I, I may do uh, after I, I put the book out and, and really have a, a philosophy to, you know, as a platform, yeah. I do think that uh, I'll probably try and start some kind of like online community again. And then, you know, if people it, with the idea that people should get together in that'd be life. cool. Yeah. That'd but I'm not, I'm not going to try and like, I, I don't really want to be a leader. I don't want to lead. I don't want to lead a, I, I like to be, you know, like I'll be a philosopher. Uh, I, I, here's some ideas here. <laughs> here's some ideas, but I don't want to control people. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's, I, I, I just have never, that's never been my dream. And I, right. I realized that when I was in a situation where I had to do that more often, I was like, ah, oh, this is not what I'm about. It's a bit sucky, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I just want to be a weirdo and, and come up with weird ideas and, and, right. and be an artist and, and stuff like that. I don't want to like tell you how to live your life and yeah. what you are allowed to do and not allowed to do. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a big responsibility, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And there's some guys who are cut out for it. I know guys who, who are much better in that. And that's a social yeah. skill. I think that a lot of you deal with a lot of these um, guys who are, you know, who have been high up in the military or whatever, and they've had to manage large groups of men uh they they actually are pretty qualified to handle that situation because they've yeah. had to do it for so long but uh, yeah. that's a different skill set definitely yeah yeah oh god yeah it's a to totally different thing well it would be it would be good to see that It'd be good to see that happening when's when's your book coming out oh uh, well I have, i'm only on like page five so uh, <laughs> i need to i need to write it <laughs> that's the way this stuff works so i'm thinking like i'd like to be done with it by summer uh that's so cool. and then uh so you know this year and then We'll see what happens because everyone has their own niche. And that's, that's what I really like about these men's, uh, these different uh, kind of men's speakers. Because when I first wrote The Way of Men in 2012, uh, we didn't have, you know, there weren't a lot of guys talking about this stuff. Okay. You know, a few, just a few blogs and whatever. Like you said, you, were, you weren't really that aware of well, all this kind of stuff back then and, and so forth. And, and uh, now there's a lot of guys who are interested because the problem's big. Yeah. You know, the problem's big and they realize, you know, like, I mean, when I started writing about uh, masculinity, I was just, I was really talking to gay men, like, hey, maybe you, can, maybe you guys could get your shit together a little bit. Yeah. And uh, and then then I realized that actually it's for, God, everyone's a mess. <laughs> you know, like there's, uh, men all around the world are a mess. And and, uh, and I think that it, it's a big problem and a lot of more people are seeing it's a big problem. So you have these guys who are coming into the scene and talking about it who actually do have some expertise. Yes. And do have some background. And all of a sudden you're getting like MMA fighters and like, uh, uh, you know, like guys from special forces and all this stuff. And they, and, and they, they're bringing what they have to the table as well. And that's kind of, that's really good. And that's really exciting. And, and, and you're getting guys from all different perspectives. Uh, you know, I have this conversation with all kinds of different people, obviously like uh, probably the, you know, guests that I'll have on right before your podcast or, or, or both, you know, one's a Christian and one's a Mormon. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to have their own niche of who they talk to but i would say like different voices for different years yes you all need to hear okay. something from a different way like you, you and i probably have more of a you know would have you know more similar audience because okay we're we're both more or less single dudes mm. and so that's that's a different because i mean and i always think that i think that that's a valid perspective too because you know like the world is what it is. Women are what they are. There's yeah. all those lies that people have to tell and not everyone right. has to tell them. And if your main goal isn't to start a family, then um, they're going to be a lot of single guys. Yeah. And that's yeah. going to be, that's, a, that's a new reality that's happening. And, yeah. uh, and there aren't, you know, there aren't one-to-one -one marriageable women. <laughs> if they all decide to get married tomorrow, yeah. no, that's yeah. not going to work. So there's yeah. that's gonna be right for some guys. It's not gonna be right for some. So you know, guys like you and I can talk to guys who are maybe never gonna have that experience or yes. never be in that situation, and and then uh, guys who you know the, the Mormon guys can talk to the guys who have you know like five kids, right? Yeah, right. because exactly. that's a different. Yeah, they yeah. have different problems. That's you know? true. And, you know, so I, I think it's cool. It's a cool thing. We have a lot of different guys uh, talking about a lot of different uh, things from a lot of different perspectives because not all men are the same, and we're not gonna all live the same life.
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the 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 idea that the end goal, the implicit injunction that the end goal should be to have kids. I was I've, I've always been a bit like, oh, I'm not too sure about that. I mean, because as you say, if that was a goal in and of itself for me, I probably would put up with more and make that sacrifice because about well, I want a family and I want kids. But right. for me, I'm just like, hey, I'm quite happy being single. Tell me why I should put up with this fucking gibberish again. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, hey, we're, you know, if, if, if that's not the end goal, then yeah. you don't have to set things up for that situation to happen. Right. And, and so, like, you, you can say different things. And so we're free to maybe talk about different things. Because, you know, I always, I always think, uh, you know, like, a lot of the things that I've written, well, if I had, if I had a woman standing beside me, like, telling me maybe what <laughs> who was like well what are you saying that for you know like you know like that kind of thing do you ever get that suspicion when you're reading a book or seeing a film that's made by a guy and you know he's married do you ever get the suspicion that some of it is written just to keep her off his back oh totally I totally and, and, and you know that that happens you're like you know and, and so you're not they're not free to talk about i mean that's what i always say like that's why i was able to write the way of men is is because i i wasn't really attached to any group Right. I didn't have any responsibility to anyone, so I could right. just say what I was thinking. Yeah. But as soon as you have someone in your life like that who's going to be like, well, why are you saying that? Well, why are yeah. you saying that? And they're going to be like, uh, who you have to, yeah, like you said, write the thing. Here's the passage I'm going to write because if I don't write this, I'm going to hit, hit, you have to deal with a whole yeah. bunch of bullshit. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, the hero at the end of this story as well <laughs> and i'm reading it and i'm going hey the hero up until this point really seems like a 60s james bond guy who would just be with a lot of different women over the course of this and i'm like let me just look up and see if the author's married oh funny he is yeah okay <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> <laughs> he's got to hand her the manuscript she's gonna be sat there reading it did you like it honey let me get to the end yes, you're not in trouble. That's okay. You can publish this one. <laughs> that's definitely a thing, man. <laughs> that's definitely, that's definitely something that's real. Uh, and, uh, and you can see that, that in, in literature and, and, uh, you know, all these people online and stuff and so forth. And yeah. yeah, you see it. I mean, you know, like dudes, even like, uh, I think there are a lot of guys now you have some cool guys like, uh, um, cool guys who don't do this at all and refuse to do it. Uh, and you know more power to them, but I, I think there are a lot of guys out there who just like even like they're not going to write something online because you know they have two girls that they're talking to in the DMs and they don't really want to piss them off because they're trying to get laid. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that? I mean, it? it's funny how so much of life is just about that one thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, because that's always in the background. I mean, like. Because if they're talking to three or four people, like, well, she's not going to like it if I say that. She's going to like it. And, and I'm just trying to get laid here. But I, I don't need to, like, I don't need to kill my options. You know, I don't need to crush my options by running my mouth. So, right. so you know, like, I think men self-censor a lot of times just for that. Yeah. Yes. You know, like, whether it, not even let a wife's over their shoulder or whatever. But, like, they still have to interact with women and deal in this big dating market. Right. And, um, right. you know, they, they, I think they self-censor because, you know, like, well, going to close down my options over here, close down my options over here. If I run my mouth, you know, it's, um, you know, you know, for, I mean, and again, that's why it, it has it always been this way. <laughs> I, know, I, that like, element to it. I suspect. Yeah. I, yeah, I suspect. Yeah. Yes. There was a, a good line. Uh, I was watching the Tudors. I just caught the end of it uh, a couple of, couple of weeks ago. And um, this, this guy, 
who was uh, a peasant, but a musician was talking to a member of the nobility and he was saying, oh, look, the king has problems with the queen. And this member of the nobility turns to him and says, if you could read, you'd be able to read Greek mythology and you would know even the gods have trouble with their wives. <laughs> oh, dude, right? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, you know, like, you know, Zeus's wife, I mean, she's just a bitch. And, and like, that's her only function is to be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, even the guy is like, oh, I have all these problems with my, yeah, Hera's yeah. been off my shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's amazing that the, obviously this has been going on for forever. And well, it's and in that, all the, the stories. I mean, all the great tragedy everybody talks about, you know, like uh, in the Germanic side of stuff, you, you know, it, it, Valkyries and, and uh, uh, in the, the big uh, myth that I'm totally blanking on right now. Um, but, uh, you know, it's always, it's always about some big drama over a woman. Hmm. And then she's duplicitous and tells lies and, and so forth. And then, and then the dude ends up dying, you know, like well, because of it, you know. There's, there's, there's the Spartans, isn't there? Helen of Troy is actually, she's from Sparta. She's Helen of Sparta. And that whole war is a kickoff because apparently she had a great ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, it's this story has been told over and over and over again. Like, <laughs> oh, the guy lost his head and then, and, uh, you know. Uh, now we've all got to go to war okay boys get your shields on the boat it's a bit of a long journey sorry about this <laughs> yeah you're probably not going to come back <laughs> but you know this one way <laughs> but <laughs> this woman disrespected me <laughs> so yeah I, I think i think it's i think it's always been there one of my favorite uh greek stories um was the story of Callisti. I can't remember who did. Maybe it was Aphrodite felt slighted by the other uh, goddesses and she wanted to cause chaos. So she had an apple made, a golden apple with Callisti written on it, which means for the most beautiful one. And then she, the dinner of, the, of all the gods and goddesses are sat there and she throws the golden apple like a grenade. And because it says for the most beautiful one, all the goddesses go for it at the same time. And it just creates absolute fucking chaos. This golden apple is a grenade of narcissism. Kalisti. <laughs> <laughs> the grenade of narcissism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it weirdly, it reminded me of, uh, I used to, you know, I worked in a, a recruiting office for nurses, actually. Like, uh, that was one of my dumb jobs that I've had in my life, uh, doing data entry in, in UCLA. And uh, I remember the, the the main office, you know, like they were going to hire another secretary and they're like, they couldn't hire the cute one because Annette's the cute one. Oh, <laughs> Annette's the cute one. And then there's going to be a problem. So we can't hire one that's cuter than her <laughs> because that'll take it through her whole roll off, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll upset the ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah, the grenade of narcissism. I love it. <laughs> All right, so I think we should probably wrap up here. But uh, is there anything that uh, you know you want to send people to your website, to your uh, you know coaching or whatever? Um, I've got um, a new mental health system coming out that's called Fortress. It's a mental health self protection system. It's completely free uh, for for anybody who wants it. If they uh, follow me on Instagram, I'll give the details there. It's um, I'm Richard Grannon on Instagram, and that will be coming out next week. If you have anxiety, depression, anger management issues, or addiction, this is a 10-step process that will help you uh, clear all of that up, and it is completely for free. 
Okay. And that helps people, you know, work through things themselves. It's yeah, really it's, um, it's, it's mental health work with a very strongly philosophical uh, edge to it in that you're going to be doing it on your own. You're going to be working it through for your own. You do, as part of the process, you do have to develop a kind of value-based philosophy. I'm avoiding saying moral philosophy, but a value-based philosophy in order to move forward. Um, And the idea is to take you from a place where perhaps some boundaries that people have have been of taking some blows and some necks and so they're they're broken a little bit will strengthen the boundaries emotionally re-regulate the person have them develop some kind of a value system-based philosophy so they can move forward and navigate life with clarity and move them back to a state of agency and sovereignty all right man thanks thanks for coming on the show man thank you very much sir it's a pleasure 